0: Welcome to the All-Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance for my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. On this edition of All-Around Joe Podcast, we're going to be talking about a scientific approach to macros. So I've talked about macro nutrition and nutrition in general a lot on this podcast. This is episode 254. But every time I try and talk about it from a little bit of a different angle so that sometimes it hits people in a different way and you can get more out of it just because it related to you by saying a different way or a different time in your life or something like that. I know there's many things, including like books, for example, that I might have read at one time. It didn't hit me right at that exact moment, but I reread it years later and it was awesome and really dug in and I was able to get a lot out of it. So that's what I'm hoping for here. And I'm going to explain this scientific macro based approach that I use for all of the people that I work with, and that you can use even without me. So I'm going to completely explain how this works. And if you need to dig into any questions or anything like that, go ahead and leave them in the show notes at allaroundjo.com slash 254. That's where I'd love to see the questions come up so that we can all benefit from asking the questions, and then I'll answer them for you as soon as I possibly can right there. So the first thing that we're going to talk about today is where to start. And actually, what before that, what I should talk about is what is a scientific approach to macro. Based nutrition. So macros are a really interesting thing right now that a lot of people are talking about. And it's basically just the percentage of proteins, fats, and carbohydrates that you're eating in a day in your daily nutrition. And the scientific approach is going to be one that we measure. So we don't just go off of what might happen or, you know, we don't have any kind of like secret sauce or anything like that. And that's never the way that I've done my nutrition for myself or for anybody that I've worked with. It's all about taking a very scientific approach and measuring things, the consistency, and then what's worked and what hasn't, and then making adjustments along the way. And that's basically how I'm going to explain to you, how I do this macro-based scientific approach, or scientific macro-based, scientific macro-based approach to nutrition, dieting, and pretty much anything else that we're working on here. So the first place is, where do you start? And I know that a lot of people will come to me and they just have no idea where they want to begin this journey. And the truth is, it all starts with tracking. And you've heard me talk about that a lot before in the past as well. Tracking is going to be where you start with wanting to improve something. So you just need to get good at it and you get need to get really familiar with the tracking process that you're using so it doesn't take up a lot of time. This should not take up a lot of time. You just need to do it enough so that it doesn't take up very much time for you. I like to use an app called MyFitnessPal just because it is the has the most comprehensive food database. There are other apps that you may like that look a lot prettier, that do some cool things. But I've found that a lot of them just don't have a big enough food database for them to be quick and easy to enter into or enter food information into. So if you're going to take another extra five minutes to have to log in the actual macro-based nutrition of the food that you're eating, you're not going to do it very long. I'm not going to do it very long. So I want to have something that I can just type in the information really quickly, comes up with something that's fairly accurate, and put it in there. And that's the other thing. It doesn't have to be 100% accurate. The nutrition facts on a label are not 100% accurate, so we can't expect ourselves to be 100% accurate when we're, when we're measuring that. And I think that having 100% accuracy is a goal that's not achievable, but we want to measure as best as we can. So we're going to start out by measuring, and we're going to start out by using a, an, a fitness or a food-based app like MyFitnessPal, and we're just going to see what happens. So we're going to get in the process of just seeing what comes up when we measure. Don't worry about setting too many goals right at the start, Just take a week of measuring what shows up, you know, and making observations. All right, I have a lot of carbohydrates in my diet or I have a lot of fat in my diet. Rarely do we see people that have a lot of protein in their diet and not much else without doing that intentionally. So most times we'll see people that have really high fat or really high carbohydrates. And you know, right now we're not judging at all. We're just taking in information and we're getting good at the logging and tracking process because that's where we need to be. You have to have that information to move forward. And a lot of times people will come and they want to make big jumps. And they're like, well, you're just telling me to track. That's the first thing. What am I shooting for? And they're like, well, you need to do this tracking process really well And it only takes five minutes a day if you're doing it really well or less. It probably takes me three three minutes a day. Then you can make progress moving forward because it doesn't do you any good if I give you this full meal plan. You have to eat and you got to track and you got to make adjustments. It's just going to be overwhelming. You need to be really good at this, and you need to take a slow approach to it. You need to take an approach that you're doing this not for the next month or next three months to look really good for some event or some idea or goal that you've set up, but that you're just trying to learn and be good at knowing how to do this. You want to learn it. You want to learn how to fish. You don't want somebody to give you the fish in this situation. Okay, you really want to know how to do that because this is something that someone else can't do for you. You have to make the decisions on what to eat unless you're going to have somebody follow you around and just feed you foods. And I don't know anybody that's doing that these days unless you have a billion dollars. So good luck with that. Uh, But we can easily learn this. We can easily make it a part of our lives. We can easily make good decisions. And we start by just tracking what we're doing. Then we're going to start measuring progress, okay? Okay. So that measurement of progress has to do with, at first, like I said, you measure how much you, carbohydrates, fats, proteins, and calories that you're taking on a regular basis, you start measuring it, you start measuring your weight, you start measuring your body fat, you start measuring your performances, that's what your goal is. So you measure your goal and as much... Uh, much data get as much data as you can while you're doing that so what i recommend is if your goal is to lose some weight or some body fat you go out and get one of those scales that not only does your body fat and does your weight so it just takes the electrical activity of the water in your body and it makes an assumption on where you're at from a body fat standpoint and it's actually not all that important how accurate that is now you might be like wait a second How can you do that if it's not accurate? Well, the truth is that it doesn't have to be that accurate from the standpoint of saying like, oh yeah, you are 15% body fat. I don't care, you know, what that is. It'd be really nice if it was super accurate, but I've never found one that's incredibly accurate. But it is accurate in measuring, all right, if I measure in the morning, right when I get up out of bed, the accuracy from one measurement to the next seems to be fairly accurate. So it might be like as you're moving on your journey towards less body fat, you may start at 15% and you see it go down to 14%, you know, 13.5% and so on and so forth. And you can use also the the eyeball test, looking in the mirror and seeing how you look in order to see the accuracy of where you want to be headed and where you want to get to. So you measure that. Then you would measure performance-based indicators. So measuring your workouts and then measuring subjective things as well. It's very important to not only measure these things like body fat and uh, weight and how much you lift, but it's also important to measure how much energy you have, how you're feeling. Is your brain working? All of these things that you can think of that are tangible measurements for you, you should write them down, even though they are subjective rather than objective. So just think of that list. I like to keep my measurements just simply in, we're doing number one in the MyFitnessPal app by measuring the macronutrients and nutrition, but then I just use a notes app. To measure these other things, how you do it on a daily basis. So I take the notes every single day, measuring out what those particular things are. Or you could do it in a spreadsheet, and then you could have a measurement system of like one to ten for each category, and then come back and see where those changes made effects. But you just have to start measuring. Again, this is another thing that can only that will only take that one takes even far less time, like thirty seconds to go through and just put in your numbers for those particular things that you are measuring. Like I said, I recommend weight, body fat. Performance. So performance would be like what your workout was and how you felt during that particular workout. I also measure uh, water and anything else that you want to put in there is 100% cool as well. So then you have to make progress. I like to have people, like I said, just tracking good at tracking for a week. And then we give them a starting point. So I usually start out most people with 40%. Carbohydrates, 30% fat, and 30% protein. And I set that number of calories based off of their ideal body weight. So if you want to weigh 150 pounds, we set up your protein at 150 grams. And then at a 40, 30, 30 percentage, it will fall into place with the grams that you should have for carbohydrates and fats. It's that simple. And if you're using my Fitness Pal app, it's really easy to go in there and just set those numbers up and then it spits them out what you need to have for all of your fats proteins, and carbohydrates, just like that. So simple as that. You start out at 40-30-30, and that's a great place to start. And then you measure that and see what your progress is like for four weeks. So I like to do four weeks. And if there's something that's really drastic, like you start losing like five pounds or gaining like five pounds, uh, losing like five pounds a week, or if you're trying to uh, lose weight and you start gaining weight on that diet then we start making changes sooner. But if it seems like you're staying about the same or slowly trending in the right direction, then we just keep it there for about four weeks and see what happens. A lot of times you're just leveling out the playing field to see what happens when you're eating consistently the same amounts of food. And that can be very a bunch of very good information for us. Then we need to adjust things in order to keep progress coming. So after the four weeks... If we have stopped or plateaued, if we if we're still going on, you're you're making a, a difference of like one to two pounds a week in any direction. That that is the direction that you want to be going. Then we just stick with that, and there's no reason to make changes it just is maybe a lot of times what happens is people start tracking and then they have some goals that they've set and then they start just picking better foods and it continues moving them in the right direction so they start eating the right macronutrient profile then they because they're seeing that they start choosing better food choices and the better food choices keep them moving in the right direction of reaching their goals so they might continue to lean up as th- they go past that four weeks, and we don't have to make adjustments till much further on down the line because they've made them automatically without realizing it. And we're going to talk about the food choices here in a little bit. But then, if you need to make adjustments, what we're going to do for somebody that wants to lose weight is you start at 40, 30, 30. We would keep the proteins the same at the ideal amount of body weight for protein, but we might move the carbohydrate percentage down to 35, and then we do a 35% fat, and the protein is going to be about 30%. Um, that's going to Vary a little bit, but you'll see how that works when you put it into the MyFitnessPal app and you measure that protein based off the 150 pounds or whatever your goal body weight is, and then lowering the carbohydrates in order to get those that number lower. We usually lower the carbohydrates until there's a point of people not feeling like they have any energy. And you're going to have to feel uncomfortable a little bit in order to lose body fat. Your body has been used to this amount of fat that it's holding on to. And you have to switch into burning that fat as energy in order for you to continue losing body fat. And it's not always very comfortable for most people. If it is, great, you've won the lottery of fat burning and energy. But most times it's pretty uncomfortable because you're creating a new set point for your body. And that can take some time and some, a little bit of uncomfort. So if you're trying to gain performance, though, you might go in the other direction. You might be like, oh, I've hit a plateau. I don't feel like I have as much energy as I would like to. I'm working as hard as I possibly can, and uh, my weights are not going up. So then you might look at adding more carbohydrates for you. So you might go to 45% carbohydrates, 35, 30% fat, and 25% protein. Again, keeping that protein number the same, but because the percentage has gone down, you're adding in the carbohydrates in order to increase the calories. And then you measure again. So this is a constant process of setting up goals and then having consistency and then measuring the progress and then resetting the goals and resetting what are, meaning goals like macronutrient and calorie goals, and then measuring again and seeing how you did. So it's just consistently being scientific about those measurements. Now, you might ask again, though, about, The foods. So a lot of times we don't get to the actual food choices until later on because people start making better food choices. It's pretty intuitive or people usually know what a quality food choice is. They just, if they're not tracking it, they don't have to see it. So they don't think about it past when it gets into their mouth. But if they're tracking it, they know they have to write it down. They tend to make better choices. It's pretty amazing how many people really make quality choices when they're tracking their food. I rarely ever come across somebody that makes terrible choices just because they don't know what they should be eating. Almost everybody knows that they should be eating certain things like, you know, should avoid sugar, should have, you know, have more vegetables, have more lean proteins, that type of thing. They tend to really make better choices when they're tracking. So it's amazing. It's a win-win And a lot of times, you don't even have to have that conversation. But if you really want to optimize, and I highly recommend that you do, once you have your tracking set up and you have a quality goal for nutrition, macros, calories that you're trying to hit, then you try to look at your diet and the actual foods that you are consuming. So the first thing, there are some rules of thumb, like avoid sugar as best as you can. It's really bad for you to eat a lot of sugar. So avoid sugar, uh, avoid refined foods that turn into sugar quickly. So things that are processed, you know, chips, crackers, things that don't come from nature or that they've been modified heavily in order to make them delicious for you, probably by adding salt or sugar to them. And you want to avoid those as well. You want to avoid, I didn't put this on my list in the notes, but trans fats. So like these manufactured fats, they're not good for you at all. Uh, You want to avoid, you want to eat free range organic as much as you can. You want to eat fresh as much as you possibly can. You want to eat a lot of green leafy vegetables, fruits. It's debatable. It, It, not always the case that you should be loading yourself up with fruit. A lot of times people link fruits and vegetables together, but they really shouldn't do that. It's not a similar thing. Vegetables are usually very high in fiber and vitamins and minerals, and fruits can be that, but not all fruits are created the same. Um, whereas a lot of vegetables are just beneficial for you and they're not going to be very impactful for you. But if you were to go and have fruit, we'd have to talk about which fruit. Like if you went just like ate a whole bunch of watermelon, you'd be getting a ton of sugar and it wouldn't be very good for you. But if you had a bunch of blueberries, then you probably are going to be just fine. So you have to take that um, with a grain of salt and know what you're actually doing in order to make a good assumption and a good choice. Then what you're going to do is do something called an elimination diet. Now, if you're cringing an elimination diet, then that's just because you haven't tried it, and it's actually very easy. And we've done elimination diets a lot, and you can learn so much about yourself. So imagine this: if you're thinking, "I don't know that I want to do an elimination diet," think about feeling twice as much energy. Think about eating what you want to, but actually having ab show up. Like you didn't have to suffer for it. You didn't have to work really, really hard. You just figured out what foods work best for your body. And then your body just starts burning body fat like crazy and energy levels go up through the roof. I've had that experience. So that's why we would do this type of elimination diet. And it might just have to do with you getting a couple of things out of your diet that are causing a lot of inflammation for you. So some of the major things that you can start with if you want to go down this road is eliminating, and we do it for about four weeks at a time. So we measure... We have your measurements because you've already been measuring, and then we eliminate something. The first thing I recommend eliminate is dairy. So get rid of all the dairy products for four weeks and measure for those four weeks how you're feeling. Now, we don't have, in this particular case, we're going off of subjective measurements of energy and just how you're overall feeling. But we'll, we'll talk about how you can, we can get some more objective measurements here in a second. So i start off with dairy and see how that feels for no dairy for four weeks. And it's also best to do these one at a time so that you know when something is actually affecting you negatively. Then you would go into uh, gluten. Gluten's a great one. It's very inflammatory for most people. Even if you don't have a gluten intolerance, it can be very not good for you. So I recommend trying to eliminate that and see how you feel without having the old gluten that can be hidden in all kinds of things. So you just have to do a Google search to see what kind of foods have gluten in them. Um, you're going to want to, like we already mentioned, try cutting out sugars if you're having somebody, if you're the type of person that eats a lot of sugar, you're going to want to cut that out entirely. And I recommend everybody just cut that out for the most part unless you're having a cheat day and want to have sugar, which I don't even have sugar on cheat days usually just because I think that it's not, it's so bad for you and your longevity and your whole body as a whole. So maybe we should have to limit or we should be at least very... In- in tune with how much of it we're getting and how bad it is for us so that we're very informed with these types of things. Um, the last thing you can try cutting out that I've seen a lot of people have success with is nightshades. So certain types of, um, I believe there's vegetables, but, nightshades if you go google search for uh, what nightshades are like uh, tomatoes is a nightshade and there are uh, several things in the nightshade family that have been shown to make big impacts on people when they take them in and out of their diet so there are all kinds of other things that you could try though um meats would be one that we've tried before so eliminating meats entirely uh from your diet to see if that makes a difference and then measuring that and for us that was one of them that did make a pretty big difference and we try and do about a 90% meat-free diet. So that's what I would recommend and you can also if you need more ideas then what I would go from there is doing some testing. So you would then take your go go and take allergy tests, find a homeopathic doctor, functional medicine practitioner. And just get rundowns, right? Go get allergy tests and see if anything pops up as inflammatory for you. Go to a company like Inside Tracker and do blood testing regularly because what it will do is we'll see where your blood is missing certain nutrients and will advise certain foods for you to have. So having a allergy test with that inside tracker information is very powerful because you can see, all right, I need to eat these types of foods to get these nutrients, but I'm allergic or have inflammatory responses to these ones that are on the list. So I will avoid those and have these other foods that should fit very nicely into what I'm doing here. So getting this Objective data along with the subjective data is the most powerful way of doing it. So, guys, I'm going to recircle around here and re emphasize that anybody that takes an approach to this that is short term, that they want to do this, you know, for the next three months, I'm going to get super good shape, usually fails when I've, you know, seen them. It is the person that wants to better themselves for the long term that's like, hey, I want to get myself in the best shape of my life in the next three months. But I'm looking at like maintaining that and continuing to even get better for the next five years, three years, five years, 10 years, and continue moving down that direction. So you have this long term vision of why you're doing it. And it's not just I'm going to make myself hurt really bad for the next three months. And then when I'm there on the beach or whatnot, I'm going to, you know, let it all go. You should be learning about yourself, you should be improving yourself, and you should be optimizing yourself throughout this process. And that will make you the most effective, make you feel the best, and make you look the best too. So if that's a vanity goal that you have, you're going to be able to look good all the time if you want to, or with short ups and downs and that based off of how your body changes and what you're doing in the different seasons. So to me, I don't know why someone would want to even go with a goal of like, I'm going to crush it for the next three months and then forget about it why don't you want to crush it for the whole life for your whole life so there you have it i hope this was helpful for you like i mentioned earlier if you have questions put them in the show notes allaroundjoe.com slash 254 that's allaroundjoe.com 254 or you could email them to me at joe at if you don't want to have those show up in the show notes there And if you need help with this stuff, which is what we do on a daily basis in the Get Better Project, you can try us out for two weeks free by going to getbetterprojectcom slash two weeks, and we'll get you all set up. And we include workouts for, you know, you could do them in the gym, but our program is actually designed for people that want to do at-home workouts. And we start off, we have programs for people that have no equipment, so body weight only, all the way up to people that have full gym set up. So a full meal deal, full gym all of the toys, um, and then everything in between. Like if you just have a couple dumbbells or a kettlebell, there's a program for you as well. So if you guys would like that, like I said, head over to getbetterprojectcom two weeks. We'd love to have you in the program. We're enrolling people right now in this two weeks, and you get the full meal deal program. All right, guys, hope this was informative for you. I hope it was helpful. And like I said, let me know if you have any questions. The All-Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance for my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self improvement junkie.